Okay, so about like five years ago, while I was on vacation with my family in California, we went into Hollywood and one day, because we had tickets to be in the live audience of Jimmy Kimmel, actually. you have any guesses on who we saw? Ooh, Wayne Brady. Ooh, not Wayne Brady. Damn it. Maria? Do I get a hint? What corner? No, you don't get a hint. What <laughs> uh, this, Lady Gaga. This guy is like the... Oh, oh it's a guy. Okay, so... Yeah, guy. I'll give you a guy. Um, guy. Like the coolest guy ever was on the show that day, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, wow. I love him. He was on Jimmy Kimmel that day. And then the other person that was on Jimmy Kimmel that day was Ryan Gosling. Also love him. And so I got to be within 25 feet of both of them that day. But after the show, this is where things get crazy. We found out that there was a red carpet premiere next to Jimmy Kimmel on the Walk of Fame. And I don't really remember the movie it was for, but it had George Clooney in it. And luckily Ooh. enough, we got to see George walk right by us. And we were within 25 feet of George Clooney that day as well. So very star-powered day for me and my family. And everything was going smoothly. We were like, "This, we're so lucky. This is so cool. But then we needed to get out of where we were, where we parked in Hollywood, and get to Interstate 5 to reach our hotel in Burbank, California. Well... With the red carpet premiere and rush hour traffic because it was five o'clock and it being California. Ew. Yeah. It was not it was not good. Luck was not on our side anymore. It took us forty-five minutes to go a hundred feet. Unbelievable. Overall though, it took us two and a half hours to go six miles in California. If you've never had a mental breakdown, that sounds like the perfect concoction for one. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I will say this, though, uh, in my experience in the exact same area, you know, doing the whole Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame thing, the Uber drivers uh, add just a little bit of a sprinkle of terrifying that you don't want to compete <laughs> with down there because, no. wow, it was like every war scene that I've ever seen in a movie. I felt like I was going to die. They're terrifying. They are. The Uber and Lyft drivers, they don't give a crap about anything. They're like, okay, hit me. Hit me, bitch. And it's like, what? I'm not going to... I can't hit you. I'm in my rental car. And that day, like, I saw my dad cuss for one of the first times ever. And he rarely cusses, but he dropped a few dams and G Willikers out there. G Willikers? Yeah. Coincidentally, uh, Caleb's dad also told George Clooney, hit me, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But to make things even worse, my sister, whose bladder is like the size of a peanut, had to pee like 15 minutes into this drive. And so. It was a two and a half hour drive to get to our hotel because of the traffic. And it, it it just was disgusting. I have never, never felt that way before because my sister is literally about to burst and I'm over here hungry as I'll get out. And now I'll never take Omaha traffic for granted again. And I'll always be fearful of California traffic because of this experience. So thank you, California. Listen to stories from the road. This is Unplugged. OTR on the 10-4 Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Unplugged OTR. I am your host, Marcus. Thank you all for joining us today. Today is a fun day because we are talking about the state of California. Now, love it or hate it. And there's a lot of hate out there for it. Uh, we're going to cover as many bases as we can and try to dig a little bit deeper and find out not just if people hate it, but why they hate it. Joining me today on the podcast, as always, she may hate California. She may not. We'll find out right now. Maria, what do you think about California? Depends on the day. Most of the time, I'm not a huge fan. Um, there are some good things about California. Okay, Wednesday. Hate it. Because you said it depends on the day. So Wednesday, you hate it? Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> What's your favorite place or part about California? Um, I think I really like the Redwoods. I think that's really cool. I say that having never been there, having been very close, <laughs> I like the idea cool. of the Redwoods. So that um, that's something I really like. And food. Food is the best part about California, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Heavy on the good cuisine down there. Uh, a man that probably cares little about that and more about the geographics of the state of California joining us as well as Caleb. What's your favorite part about California, Caleb? Okay, well, I do care about food, Marcus. Jeez Louise. <laughs> they grow a lot of cucumbers in California. I don't know if you know yeah. that, but they do. Do they have good nuggies? And avocados, ooh. <laughs> uh, they've got great food trucks, I'll tell you that. Yep. But 
My favorite part about California is the Giants ballpark in San Francisco. Um, you might not know this, but my goal someday is to get to all 30 MLB ballparks, and it's ranked like number three on my list so far. It's it's a really cool ballpark. I've never been there, but uh, similarly, my favorite part about California is Levi's Stadium, uh, where the San Francisco oh, yeah. 49ers play, mainly because it's the home to a San Francisco 49ers museum that I got to walk through and just... You know, I drooled on everything. Like, one of those George Hallis trophies has Marcus <laughs> DNA all over it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We got a special announcement coming up here after a little bit, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Special, heavy, whatever you want to call it, we're going to tell you something secret coming up later today. But first, I want to get to this post on Rubber Side Down. Um, a gentleman asked a, a little while ago, like, what what's the deal with California? It, wh- why do you guys hate it so much? What's the worst part? And you guys, that gave way to some, I don't know, 400 some odd comments. And while I spent a little bit of time parsing through them, what I found was there's a lot of reasons that people don't like California and there's very few people coming to poor California's defense, which surprised me, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of people that live in that state. And uh, being a neighbor state, I can tell you this right now, Californians like themselves and they like to talk about themselves and they like to talk about California. (laughs) We get a lot of transplants up here in Oregon and... Uh, a lot of the times you find yourself asking, why did you move? If you were just going to come up here and talk about where you used to be, can't you just go back? Amen. But I do want to get to some of these comments and, and see what you guys have to think. The very first comment uh, is just kind of one that I put on here for the fun of it. But uh, Jimmy says, California allows pedophile. Enough said. Singular? <laughs> just one. Yeah, just one. Singular. Allows pedophile. I poured over the state code. Could not find anything on this. One pedophile, that's fine. Like, I feel like other states have a lot more. So good job, California. Maybe. That's really pretty good for a whole state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you put him down in Baja, California, surround him with water, like maybe, you know, keep him away from the kids. Maybe that's less of a complaint and more of like a praise. It's only one pedophile. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> just one. Uh, and by the way, you can't just say enough said after a sentence and actually have it mean that you said enough. That, that doesn't imply here. He clearly so. did not say enough. We are all very confused. (laughs) Rebecca gives a little bit more depth in her comment here. She says, putting on a blinker will guarantee that you will never make it out of your lane in California. Homelessness is rampant. You leave anything unchained outdoors and it's gone the next day. The red flag laws suck. The air quality is garbage. People are rude and selfish and generally have no people skills. Eye contact to the wrong person on the wrong street might send you to the hospital. Not being able to wear certain colors in certain places. Owning a home is a fantasy unless you have a high-paying tech job. And most of them don't actually plan to pay off their property before they die. She says, I could list things forever. We understand, Rebecca, because you already have. Um, (laughs) After 20 years stuck in San Jose, Rebecca says she was thrilled to finally have made it out of that crab bucket. Okay. So crab or crab? crab? Crab with a B, yes. Crab bucket. Oh, never heard of that. They may have all of those things going on for them on the negative side, but they've got in and out. If you're asking me to base whether or not I'm going to vindicate California uh, when it comes to in and outs quality of French fry, the answer is goddamn no. Or lines. I've never been so disappointed in French fries for such a hyped up fast food place. We'll get to that later, though. Uh, I want to get to Nathan's comment here. Um, Nathan says, I have been there. I've lived there for two years. I can say for sure that California is the absolute worst place to be in the entire <laughs> continental United States. <laughs> oh, that's saying a lot. There's a lot of states. No here. hyperbole there at all, right? I thought today is literally supposed to be National Appreciation of California Day. We're going to let somebody else take care of that part of it, Caleb. We're okay, gonna go okay. Ahead and cover the, uh, the backside of the coin here. Uh, Jake says it's $15 for two slices of gas station pizza and a 20 ounce soda. Ew. Um, this, this was definitely a theme. The prices in California are higher. It's just all there is to it. it it's more expensive to live there in pretty much every facet and, uh, fuel prices, food prices. It pertains to all of that taxes. Yep. I feel depression yep. coming on just talking about it. Well, it's the Sunshine State, isn't it? Or is that Cal? Is that Florida? I don't know. Isn't the Golden Gate State? Golden I don't know. State, what, what, whatever. The Golden State, yeah. Everybody whatever. hates your state. Who cares? Vince <laughs> says uh, Vince has actually done us a favor and listed them out by number here, which I really like. So I'm gonna take you through Thank Vince's you, Vince. list. Vince says one, 55 mile an hour statewide truck speed limit. Two, people who live and drive in California are stupid. Three, <laughs> way stations every 6.8 miles. 
Four, people who live and drive in California are stupid. Five, state line ag inspections are always open. Six, people who live and drive in California are stupid. Uh, Seven, absolutely horrible traffic from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. in SoCal. And if you guys can join me here on number eight... Okay. People, people who, who live and drive, drive in California, California are stupid. stupid. Oh, Good wow. Job, we did class. that really well together. I think I was... Good job, work, everybody. We were all right on top stupid. of it. <laughs> Great you job. You know what's stupid? Marcus never asked me what my least favorite part about California was besides the traffic. Oh, Marcus, okay. why didn't you do that? Um, yeah. Well, What's I mean, it's a, it was a mix between not caring and forgetting, but what, what is it, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, I know. I figured it was, but quite possibly my least favorite condiment comes from the state of California. And you know how passionate I am about foods that I dislike. Well, my least favorite condiment is ranch. And uh, basically, the story of ranch is that it came from a Nebraska cowboy, but he went to Alaska as a plumber. And then while I was in Alaska, he created ranch, and then he moved to California and created Hidden Valley Ranch. And that's why I hate California so much, because ranch is the devil, and that's enough said. I don't accept Hmm. that answer. Indicting the whole state for one thing that it did sounds a lot like this entire segment, so that actually fits in very well. (laughs) Enough said. That's right. Uh, Just a couple more here on the list. Todd Harper says in all caps, COMMIE BASTARDS! And he does not expand. <laughs> I think we all know a Thank guy you. like that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, and finally here, I've got uh, Keith, where Keith says simply, California hates truckers. They have some of the dumbest laws out there. And and all jokes aside, I think that that is probably the, the most prevalent one that I saw. The speed limit, uh, the fact yeah. that the California Highway Patrol uh, really doesn't like out-of-state drivers and will mess with them a little bit. We'll get to more on that later, but... Uh, you know, check out Rubberside Down. There's a lot of really good information there, and uh, you will definitely find yourself getting people's full, unfettered opinions about the <laughs> questions that you ask. Yeah. Oh my Let's gosh. get to our interview real quick. Joining us today on Unplugged OTR is H&M driver Randy Duran. Randy has been with H&M for going on seven years now. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. We, we appreciate the time. Now, uh, we are talking about California today on the episode. So uh, tell us where you were born and where you live now. I was born in Los Angeles, California, in Lincoln Heights, El Sereno area. I live in Whittier, California, which is pretty much the uh, east side of town. So a lifelong California resident there. And uh, have you ever lived outside of the L.A. area? Or have you pretty much spent your whole life there? Pretty much my whole life, except for a couple of years when I was in the Marine Corps. I was overseas in Vietnam. That's quite a big change. California to Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever considered moving out of California? Yes, I have many, many times. And my wife now says no. <laughs> <laughs> and her word is law, isn't it, Randy? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. I, she, and the funny thing is, She's come from Texas. Oh. So she knows how the weather is in Texas and different areas. And I tell her, well, you know, we can move back. You know, we can move to Texas. No, that's okay. It gets too cold or too hot. And I'm saying, make up your mind. (laughs) She'd rather sit in Texas and deal with the earthquakes. So speaking of earthquakes, what's your least favorite part about California? Just the traffic. I get that. (laughs) That's extremely frustrating. Pretty common thread there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. funny, too, because a lot of the times I hear like Texas and California can be two of the more, let's call them polarizing states in the union. You either love them or you hate them. And it's funny that you're rife and you have both of those represented. What would you rather uh, experience living in Texas over California if you were to move? Would it just take you out of that hellacious traffic? Because we hear a lot of people complain about that. Well, I... I worked, used to work for one company that had a, a facility down in Santa Fe, Texas. Now, Santa Fe is just out of Houston. It's not bad uh, if you stay out in the suburbs. But once you get on that, the highway and get into that traffic, that's it. You know, it, it's just like me being back in California driving through traffic again. Oh, yeah. But if you can get out in an open area and stuff like that to where you're nice and comfortable, I mean, it's, it's nice. 
California, there ain't too many places where you can be out in the open unless you're up way up in the mountains or out in the desert someplace. California's got so many big cities so close to one another. I mean, L.A. just runs into San Diego at this point, it feels like. It's such a large, large area. And you talked about earthquakes, though, and I want to get back to that because I just wanted to ask you, I've never met a driver that has experienced an earthquake, but have you ever experienced an earthquake while you were in your cab? In the truck? Yes. No. At home, yeah. At home? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's that like? Because I'm from Nebraska, and we are center of the country, away from fault lines, and we don't experience that too often. Yeah, well, I know the the first one, which was the the bigger one, which was back in the 70s. I was home. I was I was home for a few days. I was getting ready to go go back on base when that one hit. I'm sitting there coming out of the bedroom looking at my mom and my sister and asking them, what the hell did you do? <laughs> uh, and, of course it's their fault. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, you know, and I stood there in the doorways until everything stopped and then looked around the house to see, you know, what damage was done. We had some cracks in the ceiling and everything. And, of course, the aftershocks was making everybody nervous. And we're just like, and I'm sitting there looking around like, okay, <laughs> it rattles your nerves. Now, nowadays, once we get there in California, it's just like, if it's not over five, don't even bother me. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like one of my cats running over me. Yeah. So, just like a massage chair, okay. basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How many cats do you have, Randy? I have a total of four cats. I got two of them with me here in the truck. Oh, what are their names? Uh, one is Popcorn, and the other one is Butter. Uh- <laughs> I love <laughs> Butter. One of my favorite snacks there combined. Now, we've talked to a lot of drivers that have dogs in the cab but I think you might be one of the first ones that's rolling around with cats. Uh, what's the difference? I mean, cats are a little bit more independent, so are, do they just kind of do their own thing and not really bother you while you're driving? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, these guys here, you know, they have their own little attitudes. They'll, they'll lay wherever they want to lay. A hammock set up on on the passenger side so they can lay on that hammock and look out the window and, do whatever they want. I got a little walkway in here for them because I have a double bunk cab so they can crawl up on the top bunk or the bottom bunk. They got their food trays and everything. They got their litter box. They're pretty much self-contained. They have it made. Oh, yeah. Unless they want some attention. (laughs) That litter box, so you're in a cab. Does that thing ever start smelling because you're in such tight quarters? I've I just I can't imagine um, driving with two cats in different litter boxes. They have some stuff that you can put in your litter box. It's uh, like that Arm and Hammer. Okay, yeah. And it's the other end, so I put that. I mix that with their litter, so it doesn't get that bad unless I'm stopped someplace and one of them just really has to go really bad. <laughs> then I got to open up my windows. <laughs> you know, this whole time I thought my wife was throwing flour on my workout clothes, but something tells me it's that arm and hammer, you know? Yeah. Well, you always have a little bit of cat litter if you need to put it underneath your tires and get it out of snow, I guess. I've heard that's that's something that some drivers tend to do. Oh, yeah. Our company, the company H&M that I work for, they're in Omaha, Nebraska, where we drop our trailers at. There's an incline going in into the yard. A lot of times during the winter time, when it gets cold, it's real icy. Trying to get out of that driveway, you either have the stuff that you throw on the ground to break up the ice, or you're carrying litter with you. Because you gotta, you're gonna have to put that down to get out of that driveway. If not, you're sliding back down. I wonder who figured that out. Because I'm not thinking, oh, this is slick. I need some cat litter. So uh, someone had to have figured that out, maybe by accident. Well, the blowtorch kept popping the tires, Maria, so they... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, Randy, we're familiar uh, with H&M. We've talked to a lot of the drivers from H&M Trucking. Um, and how long have you been with H&M? Going on seven years in July. That's incredible. Okay. Oh, I take it back. On my, actually, uh, March 21st will be my seven years. Awesome. What's kept you there? Good people. I, it's a good company to work with. 
They've always kept their promise on everything, you know, that they've said from from the start. And uh, so I pretty much stayed with them. You know, just like any company, you're going to have your ups and downs and may not agree with, with certain things and stuff like that, but they've been pretty good. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, you've said one nice thing now about H&M Trucking, and you seemed a little apprehensive before when we were asking you if you ever considered moving elsewhere, and you mentioned the traffic and the earthquakes, but you got to say one nice thing about California now. What's your favorite thing about California? All my family's there. Family, okay. The majority of all my family. That's a good reason to love a place. Yeah, I got four, I got four sons. They're all 27 years old to going to be 46, the oldest, and I have eight grandkids Wow! and great-great-grandkids. So let me play a little hypothetical game with you here, Randy. You wake up tomorrow, and none of your family lives in California anymore. How long before you leave, or are you staying? Uh, I would probably consider leaving. Depends on what area I want to go to. I do have other, uh, like, cousins and stuff like that, nephews and live out in uh, New Mexico. Oh, I hear New Mexico is beautiful as well. They're always telling me, come on, move back out here. (laughs) Too cold. (laughs) We go through like different posts and stuff like that on the internet. We see a lot of people that get uh, really upset about the fact that they have to go drive through California because of one thing in particular, and that's the 55 mile an hour mandated speed limit out there for, uh, for trucks. Talk to us a little bit about that as somebody that drives through California a lot since you live there. How do you feel about it? Do you think they should change it? What are your thoughts? They should push it back up to 65, but here's the trick. Like I said, I've lived in California all my life. I've driven back and forth through it. There's areas where you can drive 60 to 65 miles an hour. What CHP looks for is you jumping in and out of, uh, going from lane to lane to pass somebody up just to get in front of them and stuff like that. That's a tale for them to come get you and give you that ticket. Now, I do know they can be idiots, assholes, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes they can be nice about it. Sometimes they'll stick you for it. Them tickets are anywhere from 450 to $500, and I've paid two of them. Oof. Well, two's more than, uh, two's too many, uh, too, too many, actually, to be uh, to be frank. Now, <laughs> yeah. do you think, because I've heard uh, rumors that maybe uh, California Highway Patrol, or CHIPS, as I like to call them, may mess with out-of-state drivers a little more than they mess with in-state drivers. Is that true? They do. Yes, they do. That is, that is a fact, because I, like I said, I was one, when I got one ticket, I had nothing but, you can see all the California drivers, you can see their plates, and they're all going faster than I am, and I saw the CHP officer sitting on the side of the road. So, I'm slowing down because I seen him anyway. Everybody else is not slowing down, they keep going. He came out from where he was at and stayed on me and made me pull over and gave me the ticket. All because of the plates. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, if he sees that it's an out-of-state plate, once he saw my license, it's a different thing. You know, <laughs> oh, you live here in California. Well, you should know better. <laughs> because everybody in California knows better, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I sit there, you know, I've, I've seen them where they have, here's another little situation that you can, Think about, you get trucks running down the highway, and you know that CHP sitting there, and he's hitting you with that radar gun. You got two, two trucks running same speed, almost right behind each other. How do you know which truck is going faster? That gun is only going to pick up one speed, and that's going to be the fastest truck. But yet it'll be him determining who he wants to go after, and once he sees them plates, you know it's going to be your butt. <laughs> yeah. you, is there is there a reason for that other than just you know favoritism i mean is it something that they're trying to uh, bleed a little bit more money out of out-of-state drivers or, or what what's behind it as far as i know you don't live in california 
and you're from out of state, like me, like me, I drive for the company that's in Nebraska. They say, okay, well, you got to come to court. Well, depends on where I'm at. I can be on the East Coast someplace, and they want me in court on a certain day. So how many guys are going to give up their time and making money or losing money because they have to come to court from out of state? Not many. I was going to say, I assume very little. Yeah. Like I said, I I live in, in East Los Angeles, and I got the tickets that I got were up in Northern California. Well, that's two, three hundred mile run, even in my own personal car, all the way back up north to pay a ticket or to go fight it with a, you know, in court with a lawyer or a judge and everything like that. And a lot of guys just, they won't do it. So you, the only thing you can do is either you rent one of these lawyers, you know, if you get a ticket, they'll fight it for you or you try to fight it yourself. A hard thing to do. Copy. Yeah. So either way, you're going to, you know, figure out what you want to do, how much money you want to lose and everything. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a catch-22 there for them. Yeah. that's That sucks that it costs that much and that, honestly, you're just kind of subjected. You just have to pay it, basically, because you don't want to lose the other time and the, the miles that you would be getting if you were going to court. So that, that really does stink. Yep. Another thing that I've heard and that I've read on Facebook actually is about the no idle, the no idle law. Um, I just, I, I want to hear a little bit more of that. How does that impact you as a driver? Depends on what time of year it is, where you're at. I mean, if it's cold, my truck's going to idle. Or if it's hot, my, I will idle my truck fact is is that I have the anim- my animals with me. Yeah. And I want them as comfortable as possible. I don't need them passing out because they're having a heat stroke or getting too cold because of the weather. So a lot of us I look at it that is yeah, you can go ahead and put your idle whatever you want. If my truck needs idle, it will idle. So have you heard of truckers getting in trouble for idling maybe too long in the state of California? No, I haven't. Because you can go almost anywhere and the truck's sitting there, they're going to idle or they're going to have an automatic start to where they sit up and they'll run. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the engine, but you have uh, have little smaller engines that, that'll run just to keep your system charged up. So the idle laws might kind of be like the Lakers and that they might just be a little bit of posturing, just a lot of talk, maybe not a whole bunch of enforcement behind that, Randy. Burn, Marcus. The other thing that you got to look at, too, on something like that is that where you're at. I mean, if you're near a, uh, a residential neighborhood, then you're going to get a lot of the neighbors calling and crying about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, while they're sitting in their house being nice and comfortable... With their air conditioners or heating are running, you're sitting down in your truck freezing your ass off. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I look at it that, hey, you know, I'm keeping myself warm and comfortable, keeping my animals warm and comfortable, whether they like it or not. Well, good for you. Uh, we we very much respect somebody that sticks up for their animals on this show, as we are all animal lovers here. And, uh, yeah, Cal- state of California can get bent as well as every other state that tells me I can't idle my truck if my kitties are cold. Sorry, you know? Amen. Yeah, if you sit there and look at all these commercials and everything that they put out on the animals, you know, people leaving their, their animals out, out and outside, depends on the weather is. I'm sorry. My boys are always nice and warm and comfortable. <laughs> Lucky boys. Great. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, at least Southern California is maybe a little nicer weather than it is here in Nebraska, at least today, probably. <laughs> um, I did have another question that I really wanted to ask you because I've been to California a few times and I've driven around all around the state. Do you have any favorite stops in, in the state of California that you just really like to go to? There's a few parks and stuff out there that, that I frequently go to and stuff like that. Where I live in Whittier, there's maybe a, a good-sized park there where you can go fishing and stuff like that. I've gone there since I was a small kid. Uh, driving from my house further out, there'd be up in Soledad Canyon, there's a couple of uh, campsites out there that I've gone to. There's a couple of really, 
really nice little beach areas. Uh, one is called uh, the Crystal Cove. That's down off of New- in Newport Beach area. Oh, I like Newport Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's right off the hills. I mean, you gotta you park up on the top. And you gotta walk all the way down to the beach area, but it's nice down there. Uh, if you want to spend the money, they have cabins that you can rent overnight there on the beach. Been out there quite a few times. <laughs> Very cool. I heard you say you like to fish, Randy. What do you like to fish for? Uh, trout. Okay. I've always trout. Everyone, when my kids were younger, we'd I would give them something to fight for or give them something that would fight them, and that'd be catfish. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, that's great. Are you a catch-and-release man, or do you cook them? Uh, trout. Yep. Eat them. Eat them. All catfish, day. You, you ain't going to get me catfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a regional delicacy. Uh, a lot of a lot of catfish up here in the northwest get thrown back too, but down south they really love that stuff, man. Yeah. Here in Indiana too, we have restaurants that have Catfish Tuesday and you can go get a good old catfish there. Now, speaking of restaurants, this brings me to my next point. As a born and bred Oregon boy, they just have put a couple of In-N-Out burgers up here, kind of in the same vicinity that I live in. And the only thing that it's done for the community is cause traffic jam after traffic jam as people (laughs) line up for hours to wait for In-N-Out. Now, I will admit that I did do it one time. I waited in line for about 45 minutes, got my In-N-Out burger. Uh, my opinion, and that's just that, and, and remember that my opinion in 50 cents won't buy you a cup of coffee, but I thought it was a bit overrated. So tell me, Randy, your thoughts as a born and bred California boy, uh, is In-N-Out worth the hype? Yes, I, I like In-N-Out. Would I go sit there in the line to get through the drive through No, I'll walk. I'll walk in. And by where my house is, uh, there's a big shopping center. Park the car over in the, you know, in the parking lot of the shopping center. I'll walk in, and I'm not going to sit out there in that drive in in the driveway waiting to get in. And there's 50 to 60 cars <laughs> waiting to get in, which I'd seen coming down from Northern California. I'm looking at one one day, and I'm going like, "What the hell's going on here?" <laughs> and then notice, oh, okay, it's an in and out. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, it, it backs up onto the freeway on I-5 right there at Salem all the time at Kaiser Station here in uh, in Oregon. And I, I've, I've just been amazed because I thought after a year that that would be gone. But that thing's been here for three no. years now, and it's still backed up. That's how the Chick-fil-A's are here in the Midwest, yeah. I feel like. People Agreed. just, like, line line up for hours on end for Chick-fil-A. I don't really get it, but I like In-N-Out, actually. So. Well, that's just, like, I don't know... Uh how it is out there or if you guys even have them out there uh the crispy creams yep. oh, yeah yeah donuts we got them especially when they're hot yeah remember when they first opened up i mean the lines coming out of out of crispy creams because they were guaranteeing you fresh donuts right then and there was mm-hmm. like mm, <laughs> i'll go down to the local donut shop and still get good donuts yep. that's right but i'm not gonna sit in them lines Oh man, but Krispy Kreme, the fresh hot donuts, man, I could, it's my New Year's resolution, and we did this a couple weeks, well not a couple weeks back, a little while back, it's one of my New Year's resolutions to eat a whole dozen in one sitting, so I still gotta do that. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you on the other side of diabetes, Caleb. I hope, yeah, that you, okay. I hope that you come out okay. But, you know, I remember those Krispy Kremes. They used to be so popular, they would set up like satellite locations, and it would just be a little pop-up tent. And people would go stand out in the rain and wait for the donuts to get delivered to the pop-up tent. I never understood how they were still fresh by the time they got there, but uh, it's not for me, man. We got a little place here in Eugene called Lee's Donuts and Thai Food. That's where I'm headed. Wait, together? Lee's Donuts and Thai Food? Wait, donuts and Thai Food? Yeah, nobody ever believes that, but it's true. Lee's Donuts and Thai Food right off the belt line. I love both, so that would work for me. (laughs) Maybe not together? I don't know. That's an interesting business model. Yeah, the, the the restaurant itself is separated onto wings, so it's like the right wings, the donuts, the left wings, the Thai food, but they're connected, so you can you know you can order your donut, get your coffee, and then walk over and get some pad Thai. Just hang out for lunch. Randy, are there any food spots that we should be aware of when we go to California or Los Angeles that we might not be aware of right now that you love? If you come into California, 
and if you like Mexican food. <gasps> Love oh, Mexican food. Go down to Alvera Street, downtown, just on the outskirts of downtown. That place has been there for over 80 years. I mean, even more than that, but growing up, you walk up and down, it's like a big uh, plaza area, and you can walk up and down, look at all the shops. They got lots of little restaurants in there with great food on the... I'm going to say the north end out of the, from the main plaza area that you walk into. On the north end, one little corner booth. I mean, even back when I was 10, 11 years old, them people there would, would make uh, handmade taquitos, or, or as everybody calls them now, road tacos. <laughs> I have heard that recently. Yeah, and they would, they'd make them fresh right there. If you want a burrito that'll blow your mind, I mean, because it's not a small burrito. It's not one that you can sit there and put in your hand and try to eat. That's okay. Yeah, it's my kind of burrito. <laughs> this place is called uh, Manuel's. It's up in East Los Angeles. It's on Evergreen. Manuel's, I know for a fact, has been there over 60 years. Wow. And... They make a burrito. It's called the Holland Back Special. And how much does it weigh? <laughs> a couple of pounds. That's a couple of pounds right there. That's a big burrito. Oh, yeah. It's got pretty much everything in it, but it is so good. When I was in elementary school, because I only lived a few, few blocks away, the, the fence from elementary go up there and lunch, buy a burrito between four guys, sit there and the four of us would eat it, or we'd buy a, a plate of uh, taquitos and eat the taquitos there. But that place has been there for I, years. I tell you what, our school lunches weren't like that. We didn't get to go somewhere like that. We had cold pizza. No. I'm looking at these burritos right now, man. <laughs> Caleb, yeah, Caleb looks a little bit mesmerized. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> Now, I got a question for you because I just heard about this new place. Uh, well, it's not new. It's been there for 40-plus years, but it's in L.A., and also there's one in Culver City, uh, Honey's Kettle Fried Chicken. Uh, do you frequent there? Have you ever been there before? Pretty famous spot. Never heard of it until now. Well, you got to go try it for me, Randy, because uh, I watched, I don't know, probably 40 minutes of YouTube videos on this place last night, and uh, I was drooling right into my lap. So uh, go try Honey's Kettle Fried Chicken. That's a... Uh, Culver Boulevard in Culver City or downtown LA and uh, report back please because I'm I'm hungry just because of this conversation now. Yeah, there's you know, you know, it just depends on what what you like, what kind of food you eat. Every once in a while me and the wife will ditch the, my daughter <laughs> <laughs> and we go down uh, we go down to the harbor, we go down to Long Beach stuff like that you know it depends on where you go it just some of the older places that i that i used to visit when i was a little kid some are still open some are not there was a place called uh cantons on broadway in downtown los angeles my aunt used to work there when i was a young kid we'd go in there and eat and it's just like a big kitchen that's awesome. Well, I mean, one thing that's undeniable about the state of California, well, a couple things, great food and, and beautiful views all the time. And uh, we, we really appreciate your time with us today, Randy. I got one last question. I'm going to get out of here uh, after that. But uh, would you rather drive in L.A. or the Bay Area during rush hour? Because I hear they're both equally terrible. I want to turn to a professional for his opinion. L.A. Really? Why? L.A. I bet I, uh, because you can get around in L. Well, me like I said, because I've lived there all my life. So down like downtown Los Angeles, all the areas down there. Even though some of the streets uh, are small, I can maneuver myself around and everybody else around in downtown Los Angeles. The Bay Area. Uh, I worked for one company where we were doing a car show and we were taking our trailers up into the bay. And uh, some of the places that we had to get into, just like 
how in the hell am I going to do this? <laughs> what am I, Houdini? <laughs> you know, it's just like, no. And then you get all the people who just, they don't care how they're driving around you. They'll cut your ass off bigger than shit. They do it in L.A., but up in the Bay Area, I've seen a lot of the way some of them guys are driving out there, and I'm going like, and then we're driving in brand-new Peterbilts with custom-designed trailers and everything. Like, no, you're not going to hit my trailer <laughs> or the truck. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate the thoughts, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, be safe out there. We, we really do appreciate the time. Uh, no problem. You guys have a nice one. Thanks, Randy. Take care. All right. You're welcome. Bye. Great stuff there from Randy. Really appreciate him stopping by to chat with us here on Unplugged OTR. Uh, California, one of those states that's uh, it's rampant with a little bit of hyperbole. Actually, a lot of it. Why not just hyperbolize the hyperbole reference? They're always talking about we're the best this, we're the biggest this, we're the most beautiful that, we're the most Hollywood bullshit i i you know it, it gets a little hey. bit incessant living right upstairs from them okay that's what i'm gonna well, tell you they've got the they've got the most shit on the street so that's something right right san francisco officially boasts the most human feces on the street um and i think that that is worldwide i don't think that that's just the united states gross but i did pull up a few superlatives here that california can actually lay claim to and I also drummed up a few superlatives of my own that I would like to bestow on California uh, if you guys will so <laughs> indulge me. Uh, so the hottest recorded temperature ever was recorded in 1913 in Death Valley at 134 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, this is a little oh, bit hotly gosh. disputed uh, by some Middle Eastern countries and places where deserts are a little bit more uh, the norm. But Death Valley is called Death Valley for a reason. It gets serious down there, and the state still celebrates the hottest recorded temperature every single year. How did they measure that back in 1913? Uh, it was one poor dude, and he came back just a puddle of goo. And they're like, it's got to be like 134, <laughs> right? I think that's why it's hotly disputed. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't sure. perfect. Hotly disputed. Um, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the driest place in North America actually measured is Death Valley. Once again, not really surprising if you've ever been through there or or even close to it. Um, it's a sweat box, and, uh, and and nobody's happy there. Highest point in the contiguous U.S., would you believe that, Caleb? Mount Whitney in the Sierra Nevadas at 14,505 feet. Okay. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Yep. Uh, the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere is Badwater, California. It sits a whopping 282 feet below sea level. Is that in Death Valley as well? Uh, I think it's close. I mean, if you're, yeah, Badwater, Death Valley, those names sound similar sound enough. Sound terrible, yeah, yeah. It's like, maybe just don't go there. They all sound negative. Is there a theme here? Uh, well, no. The tallest <laughs> known tree in the world is Hyperion. Uh, it exists in the state of California. It is one of those beautiful redwoods that you mentioned earlier, Maria. 379.1 feet tall. The location in California is actually kept secret because they are worried about people vandalizing or trying to cut down the tree. That's actually pretty okay. neat. I like that they kept yeah. that a secret. I'd love to visit the redwoods. Keep your secrets. They're really cool. Um, they used to have a tree you could drive through right now. I'm not sure if it's there mm -hmm. anymore. I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it still is. Uh, so those aren't necessarily just, you know, they aren't, weren't all negative. We've got the highest tree, the tallest point in the contiguous U.S., the hottest temperature, you know, these things that they like to really lay claim to. But I think we should give them some superlatives that more kind of represent what we've seen with our studies on rubber side down and these Facebook <laughs> posts. Um, California, the state with the highest taxes. Caleb mentioned that earlier, 13.3%. Uh, Daddy government is hungry and only your paychecks make its tummy <laughs> stop grumbling. Oh my God. Uh, so head on down to California to give more to uh, Uncle Sam. The second most earthquakes because Alaska is first, and losing to Alaska in anything seems a bit pedestrian for California, considering how far it has its head up its own ass. That's true. Alaska has the highest mountain in the United States. I know that. <laughs> uh, the worst state rock definitely goes to California. It is the Serpentine Rock, uh, which is extremely high in asbestos content. Wait a we second. What rocks? the hell is a state rock? Oh yeah, lots of states on the on the coast or uh, on the coasts of the United States will have state rocks because their geography varies so much. Uh, Oregon has a state rock. You know what? I say that, and I think I know Indiana's state rock. I think it's maybe. Wait, what's what's Oregon's? 
Um, I believe it's pumice because of all the volcanoes and, and all the like, lava fields. Maybe. Well, here's the deal. You're not asbestos, so you're better than California. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Let's go. This following one is not up for debate, and it is, uh, I guess, what you would call positive. Best football team, San Francisco 49ers. Five Super Bowl titles, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, That's, Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. Steve Young, the catch, the catch two. Terrell Owens shitting on the entire state of Texas with one touchdown celebration. Caleb, this is not up for debate. I will not be taking it, it questions. Could be. It could be up for debate, but okay. And finally, uh, the last superlative I'm going to bestow on the beautiful state of California, uh, most goddamn wildfires by a landslide, which they also have a lot of landslides because of those wildfires, (laughs) 2.23 million acres burned by wildfire in 2022, which outpaces number two in this category, which is Texas, by a whopping 1.4 million acres. They say everything is bigger in Texas with the exception of earthquakes, wildfires, taxes, and the Cowboys get wrecked, Texas. I'm feeling for the families that live in California now. That is so sad. I'm sure that they probably have the most people that have to move away from things like that too then at that rate. So that's super sad. You're kind of playing into it though because the Californians want you to feel sorry for them and really <laughs> you don't. They're going to move to you. They're going to move to Eugene, Marcus. Here they come. Uh, Eugene is closed for business. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a superlative for California. Please. State most likely to be eaten by other humans while hiking. Thank you, Donner Pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that one, but they should actually wear that yeah. one with pride. Put that on your boy scout sash and hike up Mount Whitney. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, well, I, I made superlatives in, uh, in fashion for because of this segment for you both. And so, Marcus, I'd love to tell you your superlative because it's very nice. Most likely to die first in a quiet place. I think that that's you. I feel like you would just talk and you'd be dead. So, I, I, Caleb, can I just say, I think I might be yelling at you right before I die. That's all I'll say, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. But I'm going to be quiet and I'm not going to And I'm just die, trying so. to hush you yep. both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how we all go. <laughs> um, and then, Maria, this one, I think I've heard you already say it today, maybe off the mic, but... Most likely to say the word slew. That is <gasps> your superlative. I might be the only that one. I might be the only one left in the world that says slew. Yeah, you're the only person I know. It's it's very much appreciated because now I, it's, it's in my vocabulary. You're and welcome. I say it to my family sometimes. So thank you. <laughs> but we did promise a special announcement earlier. And it's time for that. And no, it's not that Marcus has decided to live out his lifelong dream of becoming a race car. It's not that. Damn it. It's the carburetor. (laughs) I've got everything else. I can't figure out the carburetor. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, It's actually something, though, that something to do with changes that are happening to Unplugged OTR. And unfortunately, this will be our last episode of Unplugged OTR. But but don't jump ship yet because we got a lot to say. H&M Trucking has been our primary source for finding truckers to talk to and have decided that they want their own podcast, which is great. And while Unplugged OTR lasted shorter than we imagined, the same quality of podcast is going to be produced for H&M Trucking just like this, with just a few differences. And that means the title will change, but the interviews that tell the trucker stories will still be here. And something that I want to make note of is that this change just comes at a really good time for us because, well, for me, personally, I've been planning to go back to school for some time. And I mean, I got to be Professor Pickle Park at some point in my life. And I really wouldn't have had time to focus on Unplugged OTR on top of schooling and a job. And so that is, that is, it's come at a great time for me. And I know Maria has something else that has come up for her as well. Yes, I've actually fallen in love with the trucking industry. Surprise. Um, Not that I wasn't already, but I am actually taking this time to go into the recruiting side of trucking and I will be working with drivers to get them hooked up with the right fit. So I think that this came at a perfect time for the both of us, Caleb, and I'm sure I will be coming back to visit Marcus with a much different perspective than I've had all along now. And and that leaves me, uh, and I'm pretty sure everybody can join me in saying we all knew that Marcus had no chance in doing anything other than this. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to stay put right here where I belong and uh, try to keep delivering the same quality of content, uh, getting these trucker stories, getting into their lives a little bit, figuring out what it is that drives them and helps them keep the country moving 
and uh, really looking forward to working with our audio ninja, Mike, on this project and uh, still delivering all this awesome content to you, the listener. And trust us, Marcus will probably get Maria and I every once in a while to come back on the podcast because we will miss it too much. We will miss our audience. We'll miss you. And so don't worry about that happening. Yeah, it's. It, I will definitely want you guys to come back because I've really enjoyed working with you both. Um, I, I feel like just 18, 19 short weeks ago, we hit the ground running and uh, you blink and all of a sudden we're here. Things are changing and change all, isn't always bad, but I will hope to get the, the band back together from time to time and hear what you guys are up to in the future for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And don't worry, folks, you do have your audio ninja mic hanging out here he the speaks. whole time with you. While we're all hanging out with Marcus <laughs> to make sure that he does sound a okay. He speaks. Oh my goodness. I don't know what we have set up for trucker lingo when it comes to the CB radio of a 10 something for Marcus sounding decent, but we'll make sure that happens. Don't worry, friends. We're going to call it a 10 mic. That's a 10, <laughs> 10 mic right there. That's a 10 mic, folks. Well, and with that cameo, I know that we're going to be having a lot more visits from one of our favorite guests. Miss Eve Essery from H&M will be joining Mr. Marcus quite yeah. often. I don't understand why she trusts me, but she does. So thanks for the work <laughs> behind the scenes there, Caleb. I don't know how much you paid her, but send me the bill. <laughs> hey, and you don't have to worry about H&M like, censoring anything here either because Mike, well, you just heard from him, he's in charge here. So he gets to, well, not just Mike, but Marcus, they get, a, they get to just tell whatever stories they want. And so don't you worry about H&M coming in here and changing so many different things up because trust me, they want to hear these stories too. Absolutely. And I just want to reach out and thank the listeners for coming here and listening to all of our episodes because we couldn't do this without you guys. And this has been so much fun. Thank the drivers for coming on and talking to us because holy cow, they had some of the best stories I've ever heard. We made some friends and we got to know a lot more about the trucking industry. And finally, thank my co-hosts and our audio ninja, Mike, for being some of the absolute best people I've ever met. This show has been such an experience. I never expected to be on a podcast, but what a podcast to be a part of. So thank you all. Most likely to make us all cry at the end of the podcast uh, goes to Maria today. <laughs> They're just superlative, yeah. It's crazy, though. We've produced and made 18 episodes. It's like a season of your favorite TV show, really, it is. And I, I never really thought we'd we'd even make this happen it, it, we had thought about this idea for so long and it finally just it did happen and now the fact that marcus and mike you could continue it we're so excited for you and definitely marie and i will be back every once in a while just to stop in and say hi but since we did create 18 incredible episodes i i figured we should rekindle the memories a little bit of our time together and so just like in california fashion i think we should do some superlatives for what the show has been to us and so i have a couple questions for you marcus and maria about what's the time that this show made you laugh the hardest oh man i would have to say when caleb dropped his first curse word maybe it, in close second to um the conversation about food with caleb that was one of my favorite things we've ever oh, had oh man <laughs> yeah you know i've i've been on shows before and they grow like little children and you watch them mature and you watch them change and you watch them go through life's trials and tribulations and i think just getting to know you both has been one of my one of my uh, favorite parts about this but laughing the hardest i think ha has definitely been finding out Caleb's diet growing up, uh, finding out about leaving room for Jesus, all of those things. Uh, and just, you know, we grew up different. Caleb and I came from two completely opposite sides of the coin, and it has been very entertaining to hear about all the things I've missed out on in this life. That's right, Mr. Turf Tits. I, I wrote, that's what I wrote down. My, the time I laughed the hardest was Turf Tits, I think. That, that was a recent episode, but man, that thing that that thing made me laugh so hard. And when I thought about it, you could you should have just seen me sitting in my room and just laughing to myself for like ten minutes because I was like, Oh, they're gonna get a load of this. A close <laughs> second for me is going to be listening to you shower. Um, but Ooh. that's you know Or eat truck stop food. That was pretty good too. That might be the most awkward too though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one probably yeah. makes the cut for I don't sure. Know. Uh, it was a long time ago. If you just joined the Unplugged OTR series, you got to go back a little bit to find that shower episode. Another question I want to ask you, what do you think like the most wholesome moment has been 
in unplugged OTR's history. I'll take this one, and I will say uh, just a couple episodes ago, once again, when we talked to uh, Shelly and Stan Bridger, um, mm-hmm. got them to tell their love story and just listen to uh, the way they feel about each other, the way they communicate, and uh, what a great relationship they have. Just absolutely warmed my heart. Yeah, I agree. That definitely made me cry. It's one of the ep- one of the two episodes I cried on, but that was super wholesome. Yeah, I, I liked that one. I really loved talking to Tammy and Joe Barganetti in the um in the Thanksgiving episode. Just the fact that Tammy was making the, oh, that was the entire too. Thanksgiving meal. She was such a sweet lady too. And I know she was nervous to be on this podcast, but she did a, such a good job. Honorable mention from Mike the Audio Ninja, uh, MacGyver the dog, uh, the most wholesome moment. Oh, yeah. um, really that wholesome. when when MacGyver met MacGyver, uh, that was a moment. So <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um I had another one uh, just to ask you. Uh, time when you didn't know what to say, because there's been a lot of times on the show where I was like, oh my gosh, what do I say next? Oh my gosh. Immediate thought popped into my head, and it was the conversation about fighting in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A blue pill and some Vaseline. I um, did ha- I had oh no goodness. idea what to say to Andy. I think for me, I'm going to go with, uh, and I know, Caleb, I don't mean to have all of these center around you for me, but when you said that you don't like ketchup, or in fact, maybe better, you hate ketchup, <laughs> um, was just a thing where Mike and I almost decided to break off and go do a podcast about the fact that you hated ketchup yeah, because well. I feel like there's so much to talk about there. <laughs> But I didn't have a response because I, I you're the first one. I've never heard that sentence before, and I didn't know how to respond. Sorry. You know, it's not the first time I've heard that, so I was prepared. I was more prepared than Marcus was. Okay. Thank God somebody was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, in the fact that ranch is, like, I hate ranch even more than ketchup should say something. So That will change, don't Caleb. Don't worry. Ranch is the best. Oh, I know. I'm from the Midwest, so I have to start liking ranch someday. You do. You need to keep it in your purse, which you do carry. Marie, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do carry a purse. Yeah. No, I, it's a fanny pack, driver. It's, it's a cool fanny pack. It's a pickle pack. It's a pickle <laughs> oh, pack. Oh, my gosh. And then just I wanted to ask you, what was one of your favorite episodes? Um, we can conclude with this. Mm. Maria, I, you want time to think about it? I do. I think I'm I'm torn between two, so you take this one, Marcus. My favorite episode was definitely uh, the Veterans Appreciation episode or the Vets Day episode that we did. Um, I said it on that show, and I'll say it again. Giant uh, soft spot in my heart for vets of this country and especially veteran truck drivers, guys that kept the country free and then guys that immediately uh, transitioned to keeping the country moving. And, you know, we, we told them all the places they could go get free food. And to me, that was like... That was the biggest token of my appreciation that I could show. Please go listen to this, hear a place that you like, and go get free food because you deserve it. Yeah. I did like that episode. I feel like my favorite episode was the Thanksgiving episode for many reasons. One, we started it with Caleb eating gross food, and that was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Second, I feel like, you know, we really got to know our driver on that episode, and it it felt really nice. We had two drivers on that episode, and Miss Tammy cooked her meal for all these people. And it was beautiful. I mean, I just thought that was the coolest. And I got to tell you what, my favorite episode wasn't either of those. Although I loved Captain Ron and Tammy and interviewing them. I think my favorite episode, and we've talked about it already, but eating healthy with Roy Howe um, and the foods I never tried. Oh, Roy was the best. It was, but it was so fun also to shoot those host segments because it was like, I, I know the foods I've never tried before and I hadn't tried, but you didn't really know that. And every single time I talk to my friends about like the foods that I have never tried or I meet somebody new for the first time, I just love seeing their reaction because they're just like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, how did your parents like raise you? And it's it was it was great to see your reactions on that episode. Well, we're still reeling and trying to figure it out, but uh, we're glad that you could bring <laughs> it back up, Caleb. Thank you. I know. I know. You're welcome. And. I'll close with this. I'll never forget these memories. I don't think any of us will. Um, and we've made it with you, our audience, and the the three of us here, and then Mike, our audio ninja as well. And as we transition, uh, just a couple housekeeping things. There will be no podcast being released next week. However, tune in the week after on March 8th because the H&M Trucking Podcast, I repeat, the H&M Trucking Podcast will be released that week, March 8th. Remember that date. Same channel, same release time, same quality of content. I know it's on my calendar. Marcus, we'll see you then. (laughs)
it'll well, be on my calendar too. Don't look at this as goodbye. Just look at this as see you later. Uh, the H&M Trucking Podcast will definitely get guest spots from Maria and Caleb, especially if I have anything to do with it. And I don't know whose idea it was to uh, give me the keys to this bus, but we're going downhill in Georgia Overdrive now, <laughs> baby. So get out of the way. That's all I can say. I'm sure you are. Um, so Marcus will see you then, drivers. But for one last time, thank you. And this has been Unplugged OTR. Thanks for listening to Unplugged OTR. Remember to tell us your stories at sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Again, that's sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Or find us on social media channels. If you want to hear more about driving jobs at H&M, find them at hmtrucking.com or on Facebook. Tune in next time and keep the shiny side up, drivers.